Attention, all troops. She's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rockerless. As a kid, I always thought my mother was overprotective. And she could be at times, but she also took steps to try to let me feel a certain level of freedom when she felt it was warranted. Once a month, my family would make an outing of going to a local mall. Sometimes we'd get something to eat, but often we didn't buy anything. We would just window shop and go around and look at stuff. As a very young person, it was not very fun for me. I would tag along with my mother and sisters and grandmother, going from clothes store to notions store, and I never really got to look at the stuff I wanted to look at. As I got a little older, and not very old, my mother started to give me a certain amount of freedom, and that started with, hey, you could go sit in this store for a little bit while we're in the store next door. I eventually got to the point where I could separate from them completely, going about the stores I wanted to see, and then meeting up at a predetermined store at a predetermined time. On one instance, my family decided that I could do this. I was given some money for the arcade and money to get some food at Burger King, and they dropped me off at KB Toys, and they said, in two hours, we're gonna meet here. And I thought, well, that's easy. I could spend two hours just in the KB Toy Store, but I had money for the arcade, money for Burger King, there were some other great stores that I wanted to see, so I took off like a bolt. I went first to the pet store, which I liked to look at, the pet puri, as it was called. I would look at the cats first, then the dogs, then the lizards and rodents, finally finishing up in the fish area. Thought it was kind of neat to see them under their black light. After that, I went to the bookstore that was right next door, and I would browse the magazines and comic books. Right across the way from that was the arcade. I had to be very measured. If I was going to have Burger King, I needed to put that money aside and have my $1 that would be for playing video games ready to go. So I would do that, played my games. I don't remember what I played that day, but I probably watched a lot of people playing first and then would pick a game that I was decent at to optimize my playing time. Then I went to Burger King and I had a great routine for that, ordered my food. They had this great second level at the Burger King, so I would go there and sit at the table that overlooked the mall below, and I would just watch the people go by. If I had bought a comic book or a regular book with money, I would read that while doing that. And then I decided I would go to KB Toy and Hobby to wait for them. Now the other stuff had taken probably about an hour, so I had about an hour to spend in KB Toy and Hobby. You would think that's a lot of time for a small toy store, but not for me. I could look at stuff for a long time in these stores. And this was a time when they still had Dungeons and Dragons stuff in it. So I could pull that stuff off the shelves and just start reading. And that's exactly what I did. I pulled a bunch of books off the shelf, mostly some adventures, maybe a rule book or two. And I found a corner, I sat down on the floor, and I started reading. Not a care in the world, enjoying myself thoroughly. My sister and mother come back to KB Toys. They don't see me. They walk down the main aisle. They're calling me. I'm not hearing it they start to freak out. They ask the person at the front of the store, had they seen a kid? Of course, they'd seen a million kids. That didn't help. So then they retraced the steps that I would normally go on. They kind of knew the stuff I wanted to do. 
They went to the Burger King. They went to the arcade. They went to the pet store. Nothing. Now this is well over the time they're supposed to meet me. My one sister went to the mall office to go ask security if they had seen me. While my family thought, well, maybe we just missed him. And they went back to KB Toys to see if I was there. They asked the person in the front of the store, had they seen a kid who resembled me? And according to my mother, the one said, no, haven't seen anybody. The other said, oh, is that that kid who's reading in the back? And my mother said at that point she knew, that's him. They ran to the back of the store. My mother was almost shaking. She was so upset. And... They scooped me up. They said I should never hide in the back of the store, which I didn't think I was doing. I agreed and asked them if they would buy me any of these books. That was not on the table. We went home, and the next two or three times we went to the mall, I was not allowed to separate from my family. While KB Toys was a small store, they packed in a lot of stuff that as a kid you could enjoy. That would change over time as their focus changed. But during the highlight of when I was a kid, they carried exactly what I wanted. The exact toys, the role-playing game books, video games, everything I would want. And so an hour, that was easy. I could spend four or five hours in that small store. And that was part of the magic of KB Toy and Hobby. While I appreciated that, my mother and sisters, not so much. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about KB Toy and Hobby or KB Toys, as it's known by a lot of people. We'll talk about the people who founded it, its growth, successes, its decline, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. KB Toys, that's K-B, or K-B, K-A-Y-B-E-E, which was also known as KB Toy and Hobby in the past, was a chain of toy stores that came to be based mostly in malls, and they would be for most of their existence. The company was founded way back in 1922 by the Kaufman brothers as a wholesale candy distributor. They would do that for over 20 years, and then in 1946, while staying in the wholesale market, they opened a toy store. The toy industry was doing really well, and this toy store was doing equally well. So just two years later, they decided to end sales of candy and focus on toys. The original Kaufman Brothers toy store was in Pittsfield, Massachusetts at 70 Columbus Avenue. They would remain in the wholesale business until the 1970s. It's at this point that they made a very smart move, a smart move that a lot of people figured out at this point, which was that malls were a big deal. So they changed their name to KB Toy and Hobby, and that's with KB, K-A-Y-B-E-E, which comes from the initials in the name Kaufman Brothers, if you're curious where KB got its name. Moving into a mall was a big deal at the time. In the 70s, and even into some parts of the early 80s, not every mall had stuff for young people. 
not a lot of trend, or stores that were focused at a younger audience. While that would change rapidly in the late 70s and into the 80s, it wasn't always the case. And so the jump to the mall by KB showed some real foresight. And you would see this in other companies. Some fast food restaurants would make this jump and realize it. I mean, if you think about what malls were like in the early 70s versus the late 70s, the food court didn't even exist as a mall staple until the 1970s. There's some debate as to where the first food court was, either Paramus Park Mall in Paramus, New Jersey, which was a mall that my family went to frequently, or Sherway's Gardens in Toronto in Canada. Whatever the case, this was still the 70s when these things were starting to pop up. So picture a mall, even a mall that was completely enclosed, which was somewhat of a rarity, and they didn't have food courts, they didn't have chains of toy stores, they were not focused on kids or teens at all. They were focused on the people who shopped there, your parents. But KB Toy Store figured it out. And while they had jumped out of the wholesale business in 73, it would take a couple of years for them to grow enough. I think it was when they were at 26 stores, which is around 1977, that they changed their name to KB Toy and Hobby. They would move the company headquarters to Lee, Massachusetts, and open 40 new stores that year, and were the nation's fastest-growing toy store chain as the 70s came to an end, with 170 locations starting in the eastern United States and moving all the way into the Midwest. Land over Mars, you love it all, you love it all, land over I love it. I love it. The Hecht Company, Woody's, Garfinkel's, and Sears opening soon. 125 fantastic shops and restaurants. Six movie theaters. Now open on the Beltway, exit 32 at Landover Road in Maryland. You love it all When you're that successful, you attract attention. And in 1981, the Melville Corporation bought the company from the Kaufman brothers for $64.2 million. They had 210 stores at the time and were poised to grow. In 1983, Wix, which was based in California, went bankrupt and they would sell 37 of their 45 Toy World stores to KB for $5.5 million. And they would take over the leases of those stores and change them over to KB Toy and Hobby. A little bit about the Melville Corporation. It was a large retail holding company that was founded by Ward Melville in 1922 based on the Melville Shoe Company. I find it really interesting when a company started as one thing and then bought all these other things and is well known for them. And they would be known for purchasing quite a lot of things. They started out being a shoe company buying shoe stores and they would own Tom McCann, Rival, and John Ward stores. And while KB Toy and Hobby was an important purchase for them, and while they would also acquire the chain Marshalls, they're probably best known for a company that still survives and is thriving today that they owned, CVS. So dominant was CVS, a place that I used to work, that in the 90s, they would sell off everything else to focus just on CVS. This includes KB Toys, which we'll talk a little bit about in a minute. But I wanted to get back to the growth during Melville. Everything that they had acquired and all of their new locations were still mall-based. 
and their advertising reflected this, calling themselves the toy store in the mall. To that end, if there was another store that was in a mall, there was a good chance that Melville is going to purchase them. And another beloved toy store, Circus World, which had 330 stores in 32 states, was picked up for $95 million, and all of those locations would become part of KB. In 91, they purchased K&K Toys, which had 136 stores in 18 states. Now, after all of those acquisitions, they had to restructure. They were looking at everything that had happened, started to see some weaknesses, closed a bunch of underperforming locations, and focused on the most profitable ones. And that brought them directly in line with a big competitor, Toys R Us, who began to open mall locations themselves in 1994. While KB toy stores remained around the same size, they would diversify by opening other stores, things like KB Toy Works, which were larger but operated generally out of strip malls. They would also operate one of my favorite stores to find, which was KB Toy Outlet Stores, which were toy liquidators. And those tended to be found in outlet malls and were a great place to find older toys at really low prices. If that wasn't enough, at the holidays, if you had a mall that didn't have a KB Toys in it, you'd suddenly get there, and they did. They would open what were basically pop-up stores or temporary stores under the KB Toy Express label. Where Nearby KB Toy Store, you'll have a great time because there are so many exciting toys, games, and model kits for you to see. KB Toy Stores, where it's fun to shop. So KB is doing pretty well. They had sales of $1.1 billion in 1996, and with Melville deciding to focus on CVS, they were an attractive purchase and they came to the attention of Consolidated Stores. Consolidated Stores was founded in Ohio by Saul Schenk. In 1982, they opened their first closeout store called Odd Lots in Columbus, Ohio. Those Odd Lots stores would eventually get a name change, becoming Big Lots, and that change was based on some legal wrangling with another company that owned a similar name. Just off the truck at Big Lots. Wow. Halloween's just around the corner, so pick up these spooky fright frames. Just walk past them and <laughs> creepy, and just $15.99 each. And you can decorate the house with these assorted 20-inch sculpture lights. Your choice, just $4.99 at Big Lots. One day it's this, one day it's that, but every day it's the price. Interestingly, Consolidated Stores was an investor in DeLorean. So not a great investment, but certainly an interesting one. In 1994, they got into the toy business, acquiring toy liquidators. This gave them 82 stores in 38 states. Once they got the taste for it, they decided to expand further and would purchase KB Toys in 1996 for $315 million. When Consolidated Stores acquired KB Toys in 96, they had 1,322 outlets with three divisions. There were KB Toys, which were mall-based, KB Toy Works, which they described as neighborhood toy stores, which meant strip malls, and then 
KB Toy Outlets and Toy Liquidators, which were in outlet malls, which specialized in the closeout toys. When they purchased KB, they changed the name from KB Toys, which is K-A-Y-B-E Toys, to just the letters KB, KB Toys. And they say that simplification actually helped with their advertising and their success. I don't argue with that because I kept calling it KB Toy and Hobby pretty much until now. I still call it KB Toy and Hobby for some reason. And I will spell out the K and the B. I don't know if you realize it. It is so much easier to write out KB and to keep in my head the letters K and B than K-A-Y-B-E-E. So I think that was a pretty good move. When they picked up these stores, they realized something. Shrinkage was a real issue. And for those not familiar, the term shrinkage refers to theft, shoplifting, stealing in general from stores. And I saw a lot of that working at malls, lots of theft at stores. And as a kid, I remembered going to KB and seeing kids just walk out with toys, not paying for them and thinking, wow, that is crazy that they could do that. But if you think about it, the way that KB was set up with its giant open front with toys stacked up right to the front, if someone decided they wanted to steal, it wasn't that difficult. So when it was taken over by Consolidated, revenue lost to shrinkage was largely unreported and unnoticed. So they instituted a shrinkage awareness program, which helped to correct a lot of the loss that they were seeing. And then they started to invest in technological solutions. So higher priced items were tagged to set off alarms and really expensive items were moved behind the counter, which you would see happening increasingly over the years where if you wanted something, you had to get someone to open a rack. And this would happen especially with video games. But I think I remember a time when you could go to KB Toy and Hobby and they would just have a pit of video games thrown into a basket. You could sort through them. And this was especially true with Atari and Nintendo. I recall fishing through a lot of clearance games for Atari, but also looking for a Nintendo game in this big stack of games after playing the Virtual Boy. So that gives you a general idea of years when some of these games were still not behind the counter. By 1998, sales at KB Toy and Hobby had reached $1.6 billion. This was the same year that they launched a website to sell stuff online. And also when the logo was changed to just KB. The next year, it was reported that KB Toys was operating 1,324 stores. So not a huge increase over two years. But with the internet, they were realizing that new challenges were on the horizon. And at the time, if you were paying attention to online retailing, there were crazy purchases and mergers, and KB was right in it. The company Brainplay.com struck a deal to operate the KBToys.com website, and KB Toys would own 80% of the website, and Brainplay would get the remaining 20%. And the hope was that they could compete against Toys R Us and eToys.com. The website was rebranded and relaunched as KBKids.com, it was a great time for KB. They were the second largest toy retailer in the United States, and they were figuring out ways online to grow, partnering with AOL to point people to their website. Of course, this was the dot-com era, and in September of 99, Consolidated Stores would announce that they were going to sell 20% of the KB Kids website in an upcoming public offering. In creating the new KBKids.com, we went to the experts. 
They know what's hot. Now you can too. They know exactly what's right for them. You can too. In fact, with KBKids.com, you can be almost as smart about toys as they are. Daddy, come on! Only hopefully a lot neater. KBKids.com. We get toys. Buy a PlayStation or Nintendo 64, and you get a free game. In early 2000, they would file paperwork with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to have KB Kids listed on the NASDAQ as a separate company. The initial public offering was valued at $210 million. Unfortunately, at around the same time, revenue started to go down. They had spent a lot of money on KBKids.com, and sales at stores, which had been going up, especially around video games, were starting to go down. And so... In June of 2000, Consolidated Stores withdrew its plans for KB Kids to be a public company. And at the same time, they announced that they would be selling KB Toys. It was at this point that Bain Capital purchased the company for $305 million. This was a big deal for KB Toys, which became a private company at this point after two decades of being a subsidiary of another company. They would focus on video games. That was their main thrust, which already accounted for 20% of the revenue of 2001. They would also try to expand under a new sort of store-within-a-store policy, becoming a toy department at, say, a Sears during the Christmas season. And these would be known as KB Toys at Sears. And it looked like there were plans to grow. As the 2000s wore on, there were all sorts of financial shenanigans behind the scenes, which didn't help. And then... During the Christmas seasons, people were starting to go online or not shop at KB Toys. And when you're competing with online retailers who don't need locations, and you have 1,200 physical locations, 950 of them, which are in malls that people aren't going to as much, you start to suffer. And in 2004, with $300 million in debt, KB Toys filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection and would close 600 stores, and that meant laying off 3,400 of the company's 13,000 employees. At this point, there's all sorts of financial wrangling and accusations of mismanagement. Companies that had invested in KB Toys, including Hasbro and Lego, stepped forward accusing the company's executives and larger shareholders of basically taking big payments prior to the bankruptcy, in which a lot of people lost a lot of money and many people lost their jobs. In August of 2005, KB Toys exited Chapter 11 bankruptcy with 90% of the company under PKBT Holdings, which is part of Prentice Capital Management. They would invest $20 million in KB Toys and would name the former president of Toys R Us, Gregory R. Staley, as their new CEO. At this point, the company had 640 stores. Sadly, more tough times were ahead. And in August of 2007, there were more layoffs and more store closures. Sadly, the bleeding just wouldn't stop. And in December of 2008, the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And at this point, they had their big going out of business sales. And while they were greatly reduced in number, they were still the largest mall-based toy retailer in the U.S. and the second oldest operating toy retailer in the U.S. behind FAO Schwartz. In February of 2009, all those sales ended and the company's website was closed. 
a few months later, the KB Toys brand and assets were sold to Toys R Us for $2.1 million. Because there were no stores and no inventory, this mainly meant that Toys R Us was picking up the KB logo, name, website, trademark, and other intellectual property or IP. They weren't sure what to do with this brand, but eventually they settled on using the KB Toy brand on toys that they manufactured for Toys R Us itself that they called KB Classics. Toys R Us itself would eventually go out of business and then have some sort of revival. You should check out my Toys R Us podcast if you haven't already. Strategic Marks, which was a company that buys and then tries to revive defunct brands, would register the KB Toys trademark in 2016 after Toys R Us allowed the previous trademark registration to lapse. Strategic Marks planned to open a bunch of KB Toys pop-up stores in malls for Black Friday in 2018. That got pushed off to 2019, then 2020, and then just never happened. But it didn't make news at the time. And I remember on the internet, people were pretty excited to see KB Toys in malls again. And with Toys R Us reopening again, who knows? Maybe we will see some KB Toys operating in some capacity in the future. And that's because people have a pretty positive association with the KB brand. They had a very strong PR department at KB Toys which portrayed them as a wholesome place that sold wholesome items for families that focused on kids. They would also invest their money in programs to try to benefit kids. They had a pre-K reading program that they started in 1994 to help fight illiteracy in disadvantaged families. This meant giving grants and free books to programs that served those communities. They would also try to push against violence in children's toys. This meant in 1994 removing realistic toy guns from KB Toy Stores. I think this is where I got most of my realistic looking guns. Maybe I got them from Toys R Us, but it might have been at KB Toy and Hobby when something was on sale. There had been an incident in New York at the time that was all in the news, and they pulled toy weapons from lots of toy shelves at the time. Almost a third of a million toy weapons were incinerated as a result of this action. It was a company that took stands trying to do what they thought was best for families and kids. And that image helped. It made them look good in the eyes of parents who saw them as a wholesome store to bring their children. And when you're in the mall, it became a trusted brand. It might not be obvious, but to people who are fans of the store, you will remember that KB had a mascot, which was a soldier, was in the logo and often around stores. They actually manufactured a toy of this little soldier. Prices on eBay are crazy for it. I have looked many times trying to find one at a reasonable price and can't find anything. That soldier makes an appearance in a movie. It's actually a movie that if you haven't seen, you should just for this scene. It's Adam Sandler's animated film, Eight Crazy Nights. You might not need to watch the whole thing, but go on YouTube and type in Eight Crazy Nights mall scene. And KB Toys and the soldier make an appearance in a very odd sequence. Once a year, throughout the ages, Nickelodeon hands down the power that is the cart. Soon, you may be chosen to wield this vehicle in Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. 
Imagine racing like lightning through a KB toy store, picking out any toys you want, placing them in the cart, and keeping them forever. That's Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. To enter, either fill out an entry form at your local KB toy store, or send a postcard with your name, address, age, and phone number to Nickelodeon Super Toy Run, P.O. Box 4954, Orlando, Florida, 32802. One grand prize winner will command a five-minute Super Toy Run in New York. One first prize winner will place a three-minute Super Toy Run in San Jose. Fifty second prize winners will receive a $25 KB gift certificate. So send in a postcard for a chance to win an epic Nickelodeon Super Toy Run before the cart and its powers vanish for another year. Brought to you by Pop Secret Pop Quiz, KB Toy Stores, and the place where only kids win, Nickelodeon. Another great connection that KB Toys has is with the Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Nickelodeon ran the Toy Run starting in 1984, and they would run it for at least 16 years. And what's the Toy Run? It is an all-you-could-grab shopping experience for kids. You go through the store, grab items, throw them in your cart, bring them to the finish line, and you get those toys. You bring them home with you. And they would do this at two locations, either Toys R Us or KB Toys. And so if you look online, there are great commercials for the Super Toy Run. I also wrote a post about the Super Toy Run that you can look up on the site that goes into detail about each one that they did over the years and include some great advertising. As a kid, I had tremendous Toy Run fantasies wanting to win. And the amount of time I got to spend in KB Toys versus, say, a Toys R Us was substantial. I spent a lot more time in KB Toys because of the time we spent at the mall. And so when I was entering these toy run contests, it would be at a KB Toys where I would fantasize about what I would get. And when I was killing Tom, I would often just walk up and down the aisles thinking about, oh, I would like to have that. Oh, I would like to have that. I would never buy that. But if I could get it for free, I would very much get that. Sadly, there are no more toy runs and there are no more KB Toys. If you go to malls, there's frequently not even a toy store in the mall. That's because a lot of stuff has shifted to online. And maybe that's easier for people to shop. You don't need to go out to get it. But I miss going to the toy store. I miss playing with the battery-powered toys like the oinking pig or that flipping dog in that tray table at the front of the KB toys. I miss just seeing whatever was new in front of me and being able to touch it. These are things that, as an adult, I wouldn't do, but I think of all the kids out there and the missed opportunity on their part, and I'm sad. I want them to have the experience of browsing and enjoying a toy store for hours on their own without any pressure to just live in that fantasy of being surrounded by toys for a moment. The brand is out there. Other toy stores are starting to make a comeback, so maybe it'll happen one day. I just hope it's soon. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist and instagram.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you like what you hear, you should follow Peachy on Twitter and Twitch. He's at PeachyPixel8. That's the word Peachy, the word Pixel, and the number 8. The art you see promoting this show was done by Christopher Tupa. If you like what you see, you should drop by 
Christopher's website at ctupa.com. That's C-T-U-P-A.com. If you want to support the show, you can do so by giving the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded it. It's really the five-star reviews that help other people find the show. So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show further, you could drop by Patreon. I'm at patreon.com slash retroist. Supporters of the show get bonus episodes, bonus tracks, bonus scans, and access to the Retroist Discord. It's a fun community, and I'd love to see you there. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Basically ruined KB toys. Wow. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.